Hello and welcome to True Crime Diary, a light-hearted podcast on a serious subject. Every two weeks we look back through true crime stories to discuss an event that took place on this week in history. I'm your host Mark Decano and with me as always are my friends Jed Lester. Hello. And Rue Turner. Hello. So the date we're looking at this time is the 15th of May and in 1855... Three boxes of gold bullion and coin worth £12,000 at the time. That's £1.2 million currently. £1.2 million? £1.2 million. From 12000 okay. Yeah, because this is... When was this? 1855. So, see, I looked this up in one of those, you know. <laughs> put the number in and the year and we'll tell you what it's worth. Thing. And it came up with the most incredible figure, of like £12,000 then being worth £900 <laughs> That's clearly that's not, wrong. I mean, I would say your translation is wrong, but anyway. Yeah, it's gone up by a, a thousand in a hundred years. Right. Anyway. More than a hundred years. 150 years. Okay. 150. <laughs> Carry on. A hundred kilos of gold. I was going to say, how big's a box? A bo- I've nicked a box okay. of gold. Can I finish the opening stuff? <laughs> no, okay. All right. Yeah, all right. Carry on. So, on the night of the 15th of May, 1855, three boxes of gold bullion worth, in current parlance, about 1.2 million, were yep. stolen from a train mm. en route from London Bridge Station, London, to Paris. Yeah, see, that's the face I made. Oh, sorry, yeah. first went on a boat. But it stayed, it would have like, would have stayed on the, train on the train from London to Paris. Yes. Nice. It, what, in, on a yeah, steamboat? It actually catches the train all the way. The train goes, yeah, what's, it's what's known as a boat train. Yeah, yeah sure. The, yeah. the train goes on a I boat. I look these things up. They're incredible. Mm, that yeah, is it's, pretty it's incredible, isn't it? 1855? 1855, yeah. At the time, They'd only been invented incredible. in 1850. The Swedes had the first one. Right, okay. So yeah, this yeah. must have been pretty new technology. Yeah. Thought it was a train, it was a boat. Thought it was a train, it was a boat. There is a lot about this which is fascinating. Right. First of all, it's a train robbery, which is like almost unprecedented. Bear in mind, when you think train robbers, apart from the great train robbery, which we've already talked about, yep. which was in the 1960s, otherwise it's basically the wild, wild west. Absolutely, you know. yeah, yeah. But bear yeah, in mind, yeah. this is 1855. This is like 20 years before Frank and Jesse James hit a train. Mm. <laughs> right, okay. This is before the American Civil War has taken place. Then was wagon train. There was a wagon yeah, train. It was a stagecoach, basically. Right, right. So this is it's astonishingly early for a train robber. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. also, they didn't derail the train, or you know, they didn't bang someone on the head. Yeah, none of that. They didn't sort of like jump from a Play, Mono- onto the back <laughs> Play Monopoly galloping alongside with real gold. <laughs> they had a, an audacious plan. They got on, they removed the gold, and they secreted it away, and no one knew it was any the wiser until it got to uh, wow. Paris. So, you got four guys, basically. Two current and one former employee of the South Eastern Railway. Oh, okay. Right. So that makes it easier, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Inside job. You know inside where job. things are and how they open. It's usually an inside job, isn't it, these kind of things? Because yeah, people with knowledge from the inside. Or you get someone who used to be on the in, mm. on the inside, yeah. Exactly. So you had, um, you had a man named uh, William Pierce. Now, he used to work for the SER. He'd been fired for being a gambler and therefore deemed untrustworthy. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just card player, gambler, scoundrel. You'd like him. 
Um, yeah. You wouldn't really want a gambler in charge of gold bullion. Gold bullion, yeah, exactly. So he worked in a, he got a job in a betting shop. Arguably. No, I believe that's not a great place for him either. No, <laughs> it's arguably a horrendous place. It's like getting an alcoholic to run your off license. Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, he had a man named Burgess, James Burgess, and William Tester were two men who still worked for the, S- the Southeast Mail. So, yep. so Burgess was guard on the train, and he would be in charge of the trains that run. Right. Oh, okay. So this is going to be an easy lift. Yeah, you'd reckon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, William Tester, he was a general manager for a railway company, and then worked as assistant to the superintendent of London Bridge Station. So he knew what, about the, what was on the train and who, yeah. who was on the road. So the, the loot was big enough for the, them not to just be professional and do their jobs. They go, actually, do you know what? Let's just nick it. As yeah. opposed to what most people would have done would have been, you know, be in charge of it and transport it and deliver it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, they're, they're talk, you're talking about what we would understand as... A million quid. Hmm, so, quite, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to them, when they're on five bob a week and they it's yeah. twelve thousand pounds, that's a lot of money. Hmm. You know, um, the fourth member of the gang was named Edward Agar. Now he was a thief. He'd just done ten years transport in Australia. He just got right. <laughs> he was a professional burglar. I wonder um, who approached who. Uh, well, the one who came up with the plan was the first person I mentioned, William Pierce. Right. So idea. on the inside, and then he... The guy who had been on the inside, who knew kind yeah, of how it okay, yeah. He knew that there was gold on the train. There's gold in them, them trains. <laughs> I get it. They're shipping the national death through here in gold bars. So he met up with the others because of drinking in the pub. Uh, yes. You know. Which right. is what they would have done. Yeah, yeah around the, sort of London, the London yeah, yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he goes to his old haunts when he used to be on the SCR. Yeah, he yeah. were currently on the SCR. They would be there. So they'd like, uh, they'd all hang out and have a little bit of a chat. Did they all wear top hats and have handlebar <laughs> moustaches? Was one wearing a top hat and the other's Hamburgs? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, very much so. Yep. And uh, William Tester wore a monocle. <laughs> <laughs> That's got out of fashion, hasn't it? Yeah. Am I right? No. My that eye <laughs> your, your, your left <laughs> is way worse than that that eye is quite good actually that eye is terrible I could easily wear a monocle mm. I, I could offer the monocle how can you get, get offered when I was here's a monocle can I, I uh, offer glasses? you <laughs> what by the, the glasses optic- shop yeah, no, the optic- oh my god shop. optician is there otherwise what, <laughs> what year was it I was 1873 well, <laughs> 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 imagine offering that to a teenager was he said look you need glasses for that eye but you don't need glasses for that eye and have you like, so you might as well just wait until you need glasses for both eyes and then get glasses because unless you want to wear a monocle like that like trying to be like ridiculous to me and oh, I, oh, he I won- considered it seriously because I thought oh, that'd be really monocle. good that'd be so cool and then he said have you ever considered smoking a pipe <laughs> I, well I must have been 12 or 13 I probably had a pipe by then <laughs> so that was Oh, yeah, you're right. It's not a glasses shop, is it? The opticians admit so slightly faux offered, but yeah, but, but I, I was. But you was obviously went. Mm, oh yeah, great. Yeah, so you could have done it. it. Became yeah. a I wish you, God, a, God, I wish you had have done <laughs> I had. it. Um, I I'm gonna say that I've never, 
I don't think I've ever seen anyone wear a monocle. <laughs> you seen anyone in real life? I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, of course you have. Yeah. Where? I've never seen anyone. I don't think I have. The Lord Charles. Uh, uh, yeah, I was <laughs> Lord Charles. <laughs> I nearly said Vivian Stanchel there, but he he probably wore something yeah, for a laugh. Yeah. But in fact, I think he does in in the film. Oh, um, there you go. Oh, I've forgotten the name of the film. Die Hard. Indiana Jones. Be a very different film. Um, for, for, not the Monopoly bloke. Yeah. Because is that true, Mr. Monopoly? Ian Monopoly. <laughs> uh, that, is that true? He doesn't. He we does. all think he does, but he doesn't. I, I've, I don't think I've ever seen anyone <laughs> wear one. But anyway. Well, unfortunately, I need glasses for both eyes now, so it won't be me. You could have two monocles. <laughs> you monocle. kind of got what you've got, but they're in a frame. Binnacles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why aren't they called binnacles? Because there's already binnacles. Or binoculars. Oh, that's true. There's binoculars. There you go. You can have those sellotapes. <laughs> binoculars. Well, we have to stand over there to have a chat with you. You can only see things Why are they very far. Duocles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dicles. Yeah, dicles. <laughs> so hang on. They Did they wear monocles? One of them wore. Oh, they did. Uh, right, yeah. Okay, yeah. fine. Yeah, good. One of them wore and monocles. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we started talking about monocles, because he was wearing a monocle. Right, fine. Oh, I wouldn't mind to wear glasses. Top hats are unknown, and handlebar moustaches. Oh. Status of those is unknown. It has unknown. to be an opera hat, I mean. Yeah. yeah collapsible opera A hat. rough nose to Actually, it. there is an etching of yes. wearing a top hat. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Handlebar, kind of quite big sideburns. Yeah, nice bushy sideburns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that in your etching? Yeah, William Tester, the monocle wearer, he had huge sides. Oh, he had everything. <laughs> he had huge oh, sides. He had the whole lot. Pierce had a top hat, Tester had the burns. What, at what more. point does sideburns become chops? <laughs> when they're. Is it a bit of a grey area? Well, it has to be the shape of a mutton chop, doesn't it? Well, obviously, yeah. It's, it's weird. Yeah, but that's like as soon as it starts coming along beyond, yeah. beyond the. Well, if it doesn't complete the shape, then it isn't a. It's, it's wi- width determines. <laughs> you can uh, have very small chops, though, can't you? No, you can't. No, you can't. Lambs are quite small. It was sheep, though, it's mutton, not lamb. Mutton chops. Yeah, mutton is sheep, so sheep's not small. Sheep is an adult. Oh, true. So you say lambs are small, but that's irrelevant. Sheeps. <laughs> sheep's not small. Sheeps are a <laughs> Anyway, anyway, hats. Michael's beards and hats. So, drinking in the pub. Pierce, the lead protagonist, mm-hmm. so he knew Agar, the safe cracker, the, the career criminal, from years before. So he um, had spoken before Agar was transported for 10 years. He'd already discussed the possibility of robbing the train. 10 years before? I mean. Yeah, so bear in mind, he'd been dismissed, so time has passed. So when Agar returned to the UK, having been you know, released from his transportation, they met up again for over a drink, and mm-hmm. they just talked about it again. So he knew that um, how the operation worked. So basically, what they needed to do was they had three safes on the on the train, made by Chalbert Co. Nice. And they were top top loading safes, so upward lifting lids, and there were two locks on each one, and the two locks were operated by the same. So the right. two keys would open all three safes. Okay, yeah. So, so of course, yeah, safes in those days were yeah just a key. So he knew that the best and easiest way to do it, successfully rob the train, was to get copies of the keys. So yeah. the keys would be kept in London and Paris, 
and uh, no person would have both keys. Right. Yeah. So you could never have the same key. So it's locked. You can't get access to. So the ten years that he'd been away, basically they couldn't have John done the job ten years ago because the technology, like the ferry train or whatever, hadn't didn't exist. Is that true? No, because he knew he had knew the plan, so the the train and everything would have existed. Oh, he would have done. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fine. So they had the they had the idea, but they hadn't. He wanted the professional criminal his time, yeah. to come up with, to, to have the plan plan. He, sure. So him and Agar, so, so to speak, gelled. E. <laughs> yes. Then, in their pub conversations, they then brought on board... That was painful. ...the other two, Burgess and Tester, to join yep. their conspiracy. I have worked ten years on this plan. It is a very precise and a complicated plan. So you've got Pierce, Tester, Burgess and Agar. Yep. They started to case the joint. So they went to, mm. two of them went to Folkestone because the, the train would go from London to Folkestone, Folkestone to Boulogne, mm. Boulogne to Paris. Nice. So they, was, they went to watch what happened at points along the, good, the route. Good casing, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were principally looking at what happened with keys and the like. Because yeah. what happened when it went to Folkestone, it was, they were checked before they went on the boat because yeah. obviously it was insured up until up that point for the UK yeah, yeah. side of the operation and then the French side of the operation so ideally though you'd use what we'd normally do nowadays with shared key encryption but in a physical sense in that you send yeah. empty boxes that can't actually be unlocked but you give them a key that can lock it yeah but you can't unlock it with the key it only locks what the hell are you talking about so you send the boxes to London open. Yeah. They put everything in the boxes, close the door, turn the key, but you can't turn the key back again. It just locks it. It just that. does that job so for that yeah, so part of the journey. Yeah, so it doesn't matter whether you've got the key or not, it doesn't it? You have to wait until it gets to Paris. That key's useless for unlocking it. So wait till it gets to Paris, and then you, they have the key to unlock it. Did, did that thing exist uh, then? No, that, yeah, that exists now. No, no, now. now. Well, yeah, it never existed then. It's just Back then, it was basically just like it's a, a door key. Yeah, yeah. It's just the, yeah, it's the physical... Right, okay. Type That's what you do now. Encryption. No, you do it, you could have done it then, but nobody thought of it, I suspect. No, they had a key oh. held by the railway office on the Folkestone Pier and one by the superintendent. Mm-hmm. But uh, it turns out that they, t- the typical procedure was they only actually locked one of the locks. Oh, my God. But you didn't know which one it was going to be. But right, if you didn't know, okay. key wouldn't make any difference. Yeah, sure, yeah. But, but at least you had to have had both keys. But in terms of security, it's only kept closed by two locks. And it's the same two locks on all three sets. Yeah. Mm. But apparently like when, uh, the procedure was just to lock ki- one of Car them. keys, you you could start other people's cars Yeah. Uh, in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. If you had a all the wires Ford Escort... If you had a Ford well, Escort, that, yeah, you, had Escort, you could, could go to another Ford Cavalier Escort. And oh, just, my goodness. Mm, yeah, yeah. You could do it with Beatles. You could you just shove your, uh, you know, starting the car in in any Beetle and it would work. Wow. Yeah. Some of them would start with a screwdriver. Yeah. Sure. It's yeah. Very simplistic. So they devised. They did the the legwork, looking at how it worked, basically how the yeah. method. Well, we did come up with some information. Now, at one point, one of the the, the, the captain of the steamship company who, who was holding one of the keys, he lost it. Dang it. So they yeah. sent all the, the safes back, you know, to be refitted with new yep. locks. And the <laughs> the clerk, who happened to be liaison between the SCR railway company and the Chubb safe company, was Tester. Ooh! 
with that's a bingo. So it's quite an easy peasy job, it's, it's really, isn't lot, it? Yeah, it's, things have kind of fallen into They have very much have done, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when all the safes were then to be returned to the railway and the keys were sent over... And they loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert had the keys. So, in your absolute classic crime trope, hmm. they moulded them in wax, got impressions <laughs> of the keys in wax sure. to make their own key. And you, they could take all the time that they wanted and no one's looking over their shoulder or whatever, they they could just do it and make copies. So yeah. I think I could be misremembering a bit. Isn't that how keys are made in The um, the Great Escape from, from Alcatraz? In the movie, not in real life. Escape from Alcatraz? Uh, yeah. There is, there is a great yeah, film with presses sort of In soap, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Classic stuff. The problem is that the tester brought two of the same key, not one of each. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so although they had the brilliant idea okay. of getting the keys and moulding the keys, they actually moulded the same oh dear. key. Right. So uh, just, you are 50% chance of having the right key then. Especially <laughs> yeah. if they only locked with, got one. with one key. Yeah. So they've only got one key now out of the two that they need. So what happened was that Agar, using a full stain, he sent some gold and then he would go and collect it from folks so sent it from London to go and collect it from folks before it went on the boat as a in order trial that, well in order that he could then be there when they unlocked it to, so that he could get the key so the familiarity of him doing that role yeah oh, well, no, to, no, to he, other people he wasn't familiar he was the criminal yeah no I know yeah yeah but, it, but to everyone else the idea being that if he get, if he sends gold then when they have to unlock it yes to get his gold out and hand over the gold, he, he might get the opportunity to lift the other key and get the impressions right. of oh, the other sorry, key because right, okay. they're one short. Okay. And he succeeded. So he had gold in the... Because he must have had some... Sequ- he had gold in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he came and out he still have that kind of permission. And yet he wasn't... Send some gold to folks. He wasn't happy. Yeah, I mean, you could put any old... Anything in the safe as this the kind of... Or well, not editing, but like some jewels or whatever, or pretend jewels, but to literally put gold in, yeah. suggested that you've got some gold, <laughs> meaning you're doing all right. But he had some bonds, like three three thousand pounds in government bonds. It's like war bonds. You basically buy government buy wars debt. <laughs> basically, it's a you loan. It's a loan to the government. Oh yeah. So he had he had these kinds of bonds whereby he would buy a share in the government, and the government would have then money, and then they would buy them back. Right, right. At their, you know, when they whenever they felt able. In fact, Winston Churchill issued bonds in 1927, and they were only bought back in 2015. Wow. <laughs> I'm guessing they're worth something, though. Well, I assume that they they they, they collect absolutely. Yeah. So he had he had a couple of bob enough to to try to do this trial and it worked because he managed to get um, he when he, he found out where they were keeping the safe keys obviously when he collected his money and then the following week they went back and when the staff went out the office to meet the train they sneaked in mm. lifted the key and made, they had the second made key. The impressions in wax like they did before so they had the second key sweet outstanding now we use a deck of cards so not a lack security going on, is there? Yeah, well... Not enough wax security, <laughs> I say. So they made uh, replacement keys 
because um, Burgess was a guard, they could test the keys and, mm-hmm. and just keep like, filing them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire them a bit of course, them. yeah. yeah. Until if they you were, have that much yeah. access, just why wait? Mm-hmm. Also, it's empty at that point, maybe. But... Hello, my name's Mark Decano and I host the Comedy in a Nutshell podcast in which I talk with those in and around the comedy circuit and most especially the comedians about what comedy means to them. Simon Amstel plus Lena Dunham plus Mr Blobby. I thought that would be a good combo. Every gig you get is somebody else not getting a gig. I've had sometimes I've had people like pull out a notepad and I've been like, oh no, no, thank you. You are a jester and you're here to bring light relief to people's lives. Somebody at the end was like, oh my God, she's dirty. <laughs> and I was like, I am. Thank you very much. My boyfriend says he feels like he has to tread very carefully because he was like, I know that everything has the potential to become material. I can now give to people and they definitely in that moment are having a good time. So if you want to know more about what comedy means to the people at its heart, then hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Comedy in a nutshell, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Fringe, baby. <laughs> so then, because the gold was weighed, they decided yeah. that they would do your classic Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bag of sand. A bag of sand. Well, a bag of lead in this. Oh, yeah, yeah, fine. Sand yeah. famously not as heavy as gold. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is if it's a big enough bag, but, <laughs> but anyway, yes. It's a whole carriage of sand, <laughs> basically. Yeah, sure. Full of sand. So they went to the shot tower in Lambeth. You know what shot tower is? Mm. Yeah. You know what shot yeah, tower is? No. There's one up the road from where I live. There's loads in America because mm. of the Civil War. Not as many here now. Where someone would stand up and shoot people from a tower. <laughs> no, it's quite ingenious, really. So basically, you you might see them just a really tall brick tower. Yep. And then basically, the idea is that you get a load of lead up to. I mean, in very very simple terms, you get a load of lead up the top, and melt it down, and you basically drop it down the tower. Whereupon it forms into spherical shapes, as per physics. Droplets. Dro- droplets. Falls into a big old barrel of water, where it then it immediately hardens into and you've shot. Got bullets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cannonball and musket shot. And you get the temperature right and the height right, and you'll get specific sizes of droplet. Yeah. So you can be fairly controlled on the, on the size of That's shot. That's brilliant. No, it's brilliant, isn't yeah. it? It's really, it's so simple and yet really clever. It's like rain is mostly the same. Right, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Mind you, I say, sometimes I say that it's raining and I go, mm. I look out the window and I say to everyone, big rain. Because <laughs> it's kind of, <laughs> not monsoon, yeah. monsoon, it's always big rain. You don't get monsoons here so much. No, exactly, so that's why I call it it's big not rain. It's just big rain. You know, oh, have you seen big rain? Big, do you have little rain? Fine rain. Fine rain. Yeah. Big rain or fine rain. Yeah. Or <laughs> rain. Or rain. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the same respect, you could have little, medium and large shot, presumably. Yeah. Yeah. You've got musket shot and then you've got... If you stand up in a shower of that, it'll... Yeah, sure, sure. Rain yeah, so yeah. hard, it'll make your head bleed. That, yeah, yeah, that'll sure. be big, big rain. <laughs> so there, they got what's called two long hundredweight. Which is a really a weird measurement, which I don't still don't understand no. to this date. So hundred weight it's is either di- long or it's a hundred weight. Well, it's just, yeah. Well, the thing, well, hundred weight is two different things, yeah. and then short and long hundred weight are two further different. Things. <laughs> so basically, in terms of measurements, they're not. So in America, a hundred weight is like a hundred pounds. Mm. Uh, in the UK, that would be about hundred and twenty pounds. 
a hundred weight, but then okay. you can have short and long hundred weight, which is basically a more bit more or less. Or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right, like a baker's dozen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So they got all of this lead shot. So now they guess they put it in a couple of carpet bags, and they're basically going to change out the gold. Yes, right. That's what you mean. Yeah, yeah. That's almost identical density to gold. So yeah. unless you look at it, you'd never yes, know. very much. so. <laughs> As you go look at it, you go it's different colour. <laughs> I've got this wonderful lead wedding ring. <laughs> well, if you, darling. Yeah, but if you covered it in gold leaf, yeah. you probably couldn't tell. Oh, you could easily get get by with someone who... I mean, I wouldn't know, really. No. If it was a really good gold leaf job, I could might be a bit of gold. I wouldn't know at all. You'd discolour, though, wouldn't it? Then? Oh, yeah. Well, eventually. The gold, the gold, yeah, I mean, the gold would wear Discolour you, and you'd absorb it into your bloodstream. And I, yeah, that's true. I'd just say, no, it's fine, it's just wearing off. Yeah. You could scratch <laughs> it off with a fingernail. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. But as far as inspection goes, you'd probably just look at it, yeah, fine, fine, fine. It's 24 karat gold. Relief! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as a visual kind of person, I just wondered what 100 kilos of gold um, physically Like a big... Like. Uh, so it's about the size of four Vionettas. <laughs> Uh, in boxes, yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, or, or nine boxes of Jaffa cakes. <laughs> Actually, no, there's this double. That's a double packet. So it's like a big Rubik's cube <laughs> shape, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it's a cube. <laughs> it's just a cube, but I'm giving it a big version. Thank you. You've been very helpful. Now they're ready to go. So what they do is they need to find out which day it's going. The, the gold is going on the train. Yep. So they hang around outside London Bridge Station every day. On the day that the gold is going to be on the train, Burgess would come out and wipe his face with a handkerchief. And that would be the signal to the others who are waiting to get on. That's the train they need to get. That's the one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good signal. Yeah. 15th of May, 1855, Burgess wipes his face and they know it's game on. That's the signal. That's the signal. Has he got a cold or is he? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't see him. Did he blow he, his nose? Is he sweating? Oh, hang on. Let's no, get wait, him. He wiped his neck and his face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, uh, let's just go on. Get on board. See how we get on. <laughs> so, Agar and Pierce get first class tickets to mm. Folkestone. Uh, Pierce got into the first class cabin, got his seat and Agar... Just in a normal carriage. In a normal thing. carriage. Yeah, yeah. Agar slipped into the guard's van and hid underneath Burgess's overalls. Yes, because he, sli- he he did slip in, but he kind of just got in he because got in. he knew the person who... He knew the person. Yeah, 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 fine, yeah. So he went in and Burgess is like, like cover him up, right? Hide there. Uh, hide under, there. Under, under, a a coat, under a coat. <laughs> under overalls <laughs> in the train. <laughs> I mean, coat. it was just in case anybody sort of looked in, but it's only him on the coat. Yes. Once it's underway. And no one is going to look in because it's his job. Because it's his job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the minute the train pulls out of the station, away they go. So, again, only one of the locks was locked. Yep. And they've got keys for both. And they've got keys for both. So, in pretty short order, they... They got the, box, the bullion boxes out. Right, so they did it straight away, straight away. basically. Tester has gone ahead to Red Hill where the train's going to stop, so they want oh, to start yeah. unloading the gold immediately. Yeah, of course, yeah. So the first so are they, like, there. weighing up? Yeah, or putting a bit more sand in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are, are they... Is that what they're doing? Are they, they probably... Will they know exactly how much stuff weighs? I don't know. There'll be some sort of Well, they log. know whether it would weigh the same as it was when it left. Yeah. As to when it arrived. But how do you know what that weight is? Because oh, it's, it's in the lock. It's written on a label. Because it'll be recorded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So are they like taking some in, putting some out, lead shot, I'm talking about, in the bag? Yeah, so basically... Does that look right? What they did was they... Dave? Took, they took these boxes out of the safe and the boxes were had like a wax seal and like iron bands around them. Mm-hmm. So the boxes are secure. Oh, right. But what they did was they basically just took the bands off, weighed the gold on a the scale they brought. Oh, yes, right, yeah. And yeah. then put that much lead in the box. Of course, yeah. Put yeah. the mm-hmm. bands back on and redo wax because mm. the cursory glance was, wouldn't mean it was... Because right, you're not expecting it to be... Yeah, so look at it, because wax, wax. You're not checking yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And put it back in the safe. Yeah, right, yeah, okay. That can be done quite quickly, I presume. Yeah. I don't know how big a box is. Is that a... I mean, or is it a chest? How many How many kilos was it altogether? Uh, 224 pounds they took. That's right. about a little over 100 kilos. I'm 70 kilos, so it's like me and a bit more. Yeah. So not tons and tons. Times three of you. Is that times three boxes? That's the total. That's total. Yeah. Oh, right. I mean, it's not not light. Two people could carry it. You in three bags, basically. Yeah. You in a bit in three bags. Me in a leg. So it's not not big at all, is it? Well, the standard limit for Let's do it in the... If the unit is Roo, (laughs) how many... How many Roos was it? So your head to your shoulders is one bag. Your torso (laughs) is another. Your legs is another. So it's kind of holdall kind of. I was going to say, yeah, it's about, it's about the size of three cases that you could put on a BA flight in the hold. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. In weight, so, me those roll along ones, That'd or like a massive before, before, yeah, before, yeah. 20, yeah. 25 kilos. The standard in the UK, the standard one man lift limit is twenty five kilos. So about a quarter of the weight. You can totally. lift more than twenty five kilos. I know, but not as a one off. Yeah, but not regularly. That's what I'm saying. The standard one man lift is twenty five because that's a constant operation. So that's about a bag of cement, basically, is the weight in terms of weight. A bag of cement, right? Okay. So four bags of cement. Four bags of cement. Okay. One point two five rooms. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they did, I would say they'd do that quite within an hour, half an hour. They could have done all those, couldn't they? Mm. Lift done all the lifting and the yeah. weighing. Yeah, maybe so. The waxing. <laughs> waxing and waning. Mind you, Red Hill's not very far away. Red Hill, yeah. 35 minutes from London. Oh, there you go. That's how long they got. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah, they're opening the boxes and then they've got to reseal the boxes as well and yeah. they're weighing and then rechecking. So in half an hour, they'd say they'd say they'd done a safe's worth. They'd done a third of it. Okay. Right. Don't have to, technically you don't have to have done it all by then. It would just would help mm. because they could start offloading and then you know, it's gone basically, isn't it? Forever. The other telltale would be that each of these rattles. Ah, uh, yeah, because it's shot. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You pick it up and you'll hear it rolling from one end to the other. <laughs> I wonder how they yeah, if you put the whole lot in wax there, then it'll stop it, but anyway. If it's packed it'd be fine, but yeah. And if they're misshapen they won't roll. No, packed in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when they reach Red Hill, they've done a box. Oh, right, okay, there you go. Yeah, so Tester, who'd gone on ahead to meet them at Red Hill, he's now got a bag of gold. Yeah, nice. And he heads straight back to London. Does he? So he can check in back at the office where he works, and now he's got an alibi. He's been here all the time. Oh, right, oh, I see you mean. He was well, that's work. quite clever. In I would have just run for the hills <laughs> <laughs> on a... Horse and cart. <laughs> Pierce, meanwhile, who'd been in the first-class carriage, he then moves back down to the other, so that when they unload the other two boxes, there's another pair of ants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they do the same then. Between there and Folkestone, they do the same. They've got a bit more time, though, haven't they? They've got a bit more time. Yeah. 
But unfortunately, they didn't have enough lead for the weight of all the oh, gold no. that they had. Uh, but of surely course, smart people stop. Uh, yeah, the smart yeah, people would, absolutely. would do what yeah. we've got enough. Yeah. Let's leave the rest. But yeah. greedy criminals don't. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Look, gold. Enough for a hundred bags. So did they? How many more did they do? How many more whole carpet bag holdles? <laughs> I don't know how many how many bags it were, but there were sufficient bags to remove. I mean, imagine understanding that they were weighing it in the train as they did the exchange. Yes, they weren't sure, weighing sure. it very accurately. No, I know. They but knew it they didn't need that. to be that accurate. You need to. We need. To, you know, it just goes to that bit on the yeah. dial and <laughs> like. Yeah, I but I mean, they the did leave. Are as smooth as they are now, either. So they did leave some of... gold behind, but not nearly enough to right, cover the yes, discrepancy. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. But in they were they were going. Oh well, we, it don't match, so we'll leave a bit of gold. But I mean, it was way <laughs> off, left more. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it'd be picked up as soon as it's first weighed. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you must realise that though when you're doing it. Yeah, let's make sure whatever happens, make sure that this weighs the same as when it went in. Yeah. And then they'll be massively delayed in tracking down what on earth happened. Because if it's just like for value storage of bullion, it, it could well end up at the other end and not be opened. It's like it's essentially sealed, it's value. We've weighed it. Just it goes, yeah, in know, storage, in like storage. Indiana Jones. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in the, the back old... of the <laughs> Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, but it didn't weigh Only the same. when it's needed to be gold again. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It could be years. But that didn't happen. No. Is that the case? They did weigh it. They did weigh it, yeah. Well, they obviously weighed it, yeah. Wait! Having put all the gold in the carpet bags, they cleared it up. When they got to Folkestone, Pierce and Agar went back to their seats in first class. The two tickets that they yeah, yeah, yeah. They went back to their seats. Again, alibi. Alibi. With their carpet bags. Yes. Their very heavy carpet bags. Yeah, sure, sure. Until it, the the train stopped at Dover before it got on the ferry, yes. there they disembarked. Yep. Threw the keys and everything into the sea, oh, yeah. um, and got the next train back to London. I'm st- see. I'm I'm still in my head. I'm still amazed at how a train catches a ferry. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just think it's good. phenomenal. Cool, I actually watched yeah. a video of it happening. So I still <laughs> use them now. Yeah. And the train just comes along, goes down the wharf on tracks because the wharf and the boat, the boat is like tidal. Absolutely. Down yeah, yeah. The it has to be spot on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It has to be so absolutely on the tracks down the wharf yeah. onto the boat. And if a, if a railway line is misaligned by a centimetre, a, a, a train's come off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. So, by this point now, oh, yeah. everyone has returned to London or is on their way back yes. to London. Yeah. Gold in hand. Mm. Success! Success! We've done it! We've done it! Well, hang on. They've they weighed it at Folkestone. Well, no, yeah, no one's... It's, again, laxness just mm, sure, makes sure. life easier. Yeah. They didn't lock everything properly. They left the office unlocked when the keys are out, yep. etc. By the time it arrives in Boulogne, someone actually notices that the bullion boxes are damaged. Okay. Obviously, they've been interfered with. Jimmy'd. But they didn't mention it because Folkestone didn't mention it. Of and course. Then when yeah, they yeah, weighed yeah. them, they found that one of the boxes was 18 kilos lighter than it had been when it well, left London. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. And the others weighed slightly more. So wherever they've been jimmying between boxes, yes, yes. they've completely right. ballsed up the so weight. They're probably not sure. weighing them then. Yeah, just they're supposedly weighing them, but they're yeah. guessing it, yeah. Okay. But they didn't really 
report it until it got to Paris, and then they went, ah, oh, well, those, hang on. Was it Poloined in Boulogne? It was <laughs> Poloined in Boulogne. It was only when they got to Paris and they got the same result as at Boulogne, that's okay. and then they actually said, well, let's open everything up before it goes on to, and then they went, oh, it's full of lead. Oh, here's a how do you do? Yeah, sure. But well, they still waited. Yeah. They found it at Boulogne. Should we carry on till Paris? Paris? <laughs> Yeah, all right, let's carry on. Don't worry about it, don't worry about it. <laughs> it. Paris is there, probably. Yeah, 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 exactly. They didn't say anything at Folkestone. It's probably fine. It's probably yeah. fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Folkestone didn't care, Benoit didn't care. <laughs> and then suddenly went, hang on a bit. Yeah. Now, you've got three gold dealers have all yes. put gold on the train. They all want their money back. Oh, yes. <laughs> Those, yeah, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Why would you send gold to Paris? Have you sold it? To be made into fine Parisian jewellery. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Probably. Why yeah. not? Okay. Yep. Uh, um, and again, this is another great part of the, the plan, because now it's in France. The, the British insurance companies don't want to pay out. Yeah, of course. France yeah, yeah, yeah. It, or us. So now there's a battle back and forth between French and British companies about who's liable for the money. <laughs> recompense for the gold. And because of blacksness at Boulogne and Folkestone, yeah. no one knows where responsibility lies. The Wild West of insurance. Basically, yeah, yeah. A claims man is a doctor and a bloodhound and a cop and a judge and a jury and a father confessor all in one. The French said that, and they said, well, in Boulogne and in Paris it weighed the same. It must have happened in England. It's nothing to do with it. Uh, yes, good point. Yeah, good point. Well, also, people in Folkestone would have gone, well, yeah, it was less. Because <laughs> that's when they weighed it, wasn't it? Or on the ferry. Or on, maybe it happened on the ferry. Mm, that's true. Then that would have been a right old yeah. legal <laughs> minefield, wouldn't it? If it was literally done on the mid-channel. What's the matter? You feel sorry for insurance companies? So, reward. £300 goes into the papers. It's all. It's 3% of... 12,300. So it's 2.5%. Yeah, yeah. It's not like that, is it? That's what I'm saying. I'll stand by my initial... Re- <laughs> is that all? Is that all? Yeah. But, I mean, even so, £300 is a lot of money. Yeah, on the basis that they'll be earning two quid a year or something yeah. ridiculous. So do right. you want to, like, because if you were connected with it and you had some information, you can either hope that you get your share, which, you know, knowing crims can be a bit thin. Sure, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. point some fingers and definitely get 300 You say definitely. Yeah, yeah. If you live. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> mm. So our criminals now start melting the gold down to make little bars of gold. Nice. They make uh, little hundred ounces. And they find it's just lead with gold leaf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, of course, as always happens, their relationships started to break down. Uh, because yeah. during the long, laborious process of, of uh, melting down all the gold and making new ones, you know, um, they, there was... One of the crucibles, they were melting it down, cracked, spilling molten gold everywhere. And there were lots of arguments and things like that. Um, spillages are spillages. probably worth a lot, a lot of money. money. Yeah. Mm. yeah, They sold the gold to a, a, a fence named a sword, and then they split what they got, the money they got from him, equally between them. And they all did quite different things. So Burgess bought Turkish bonds and shares in a brewing company. You've got 17.5% in T-bills amortised over the fiscal year. 8% in stocks and bonds. Pierce opened wow. a betting shop. <laughs> Pierce the gambler opened a betting shop. Yeah, sure. He said he won he the money in a horse race. Tester bought Spanish bonds, and then he left the Southeastern Railway to become a manager of a Swedish railway company. Oh. Agar 
bought a carved wooden Indian. <laughs> well, he came involved with a 19-year-old uh, prostitute mm-hmm. name of Emily Campbell. Um, and her pimp basically didn't like her not, not earning him any money. So Igor was basically spending his money on assuaging his concerns. He was basically buying her earnings. Right, okay, yeah. Yeah, gosh. This will be best and richest in the recompense. Now, because of this back and forth of money between this pimp and Agar, there was, police thought it was a, there was a check fraud or something, but they thought it was, a, you know, it was, looked like it was money laundering and check fraud. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, Although they didn't really have a lot of evidence on it, he still got arrested and went to, to trial because everyone was convinced that there was a, a fraud involved. And he was found guilty and sentenced to uh, transportation. And, uh, but ironically, there wasn't anything. But there wasn't any. Yeah. He'd nicked a load of He'd gold. He'd nicked a load of gold, but, but he wasn't arrested for that. <laughs> he was nicked for fraudulent ac- money activity, Yeah. which he also didn't really do. Which he didn't do, yeah. He was just giving his girlfriend the money. Some money instead of her yeah. earning it in the way she chose to earn it. Yeah, basically. That's funny, it's ironic, I get that. While he was waiting to be transported, he got his uh, solicitor, obviously, he had £3,000 in his bonds, and he said, asked for that money to be given to Pierce. He wanted this money to be used for his uh, girlfriend and child to be supported. But of course, Pierce, being a criminal, said, Yeah, 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 I'll do that. And then didn't give it to him. Of course he didn't. Yeah. So it's all falling apart a bit. Mm. Yeah. The problem is that the girlfriend, not getting any money, went to see the governor of Newgate Prison and said, uh, I haven't got any money. I can tell you everyone who was involved in the bullion robbery. Oh, right, the train. right, right, right. Oh, wow. Is the 300 quid still available? Yeah, sure. I didn't see that coming. The uh, police found where the gold had been melted down. They found specks of gold. Yep. Agar, although he was interviewed and said nothing, then later found out that Pierce had reneged on his deal. So when they interviewed him again, he agreed to turn Queen's evidence and give all the full story. Okay. And he told him everything that happened. They all went to trial. Burgess, Tester and Pierce pleaded not guilty. But in... Ten minutes, they were convicted. In ten minutes? In ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the, the, they were found Even guilty. Even though they... In ten minutes. Yeah. The jury found them guilty. Even though they'd all pleaded not guilty. <laughs> not guilty. You are. <laughs> ten minutes. Slam. There's barely enough time for people to file into <laughs> the room. Is there, yeah. <laughs> all rise. And sit down. All right. Yeah. <laughs> ten minutes, the jury said guilty. All three men. Well, why? Did you conceive, plan, and execute this dastardly and scandalous crime? I wanted the money. Burgess and Tester were sentenced to 14 years transportation. What does that mean? You go to Australia and you break rocks or something? Yeah. That's not great, is it? Nice, uh, nice weather. Oh, you get a nice tan. Pierce, because he wasn't a member of the railway staff, and the other two were. Well, yeah, he was a baddie. He got a lighter sentence. Uh, yeah, I can see of the that. Railway was I can see that. Bigger crime. <laughs> His past has got nothing to do with uh, the current uh, yeah. that case. So yeah. I'm kind of I kind of agree with that. As you say, betrayal was it badged like that? Betrayal of the railway. <laughs> yeah, they betrayed their employer. Yeah, That's sure. Yeah. Crime yeah. in Victorian England. He got. Uh, I'm sure pierced. there's worse ones. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. you would. Yeah, started fourteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he got uh, two years hard labour in England. <laughs> 
okay. uh, three months in solitary. Right, that's not But brilliant. it's not 14 years in Australia. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is better. However, they didn't serve their sentences for long. Ooh, good behaviour. Yeah. They were transported um, on the 26th of August, 1858, to Western Australia. Yeah. Burgess got a conditional pardon in 1862. Oh, right. And Tester in 1861. On the basis they were unanimously guilty, guilty-fied in 10 minutes. <laughs> I mean, a pardon is a big thing, isn't it? Not like case re-evaluated or time off for good behaviour. A full-on pardon when it would absolutely shouldn't have been a pardon because they did it. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Agar, the criminal mastermind, he didn't serve much better. He was transported. He did get a pardon in 18... 18- I don't understand why they all get pardons. Because mm. they all did it. <laughs> anyway. I mean, he served longer than the other two. Yeah, so they served their time in Swan River Colony, which today we would call Perth. Okay. Wow. In popular culture... Connery. Connery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's quite an all-star cast. I, I must admit, I can only remember Connery, but the I know that it's an all-star cast that film. Yeah, Donald Sutherland. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Leslie Ann Dow. Yep. Um, what year was it 78. filmed? Oh, really? That late? Great Train Rock. Great Train It's oh, called really? the first Great Train oh, is it? Okay. In the US, they call it I've the Great Train Oh, well, I, I think it's good. It's, it's a good, like... I must admit, I didn't know it was the 70s. I thought it was 1860s. <laughs> it's based on a book by Michael Crichton. Really? Writer-director. Yeah. Really? He wrote it in 75, and then it was... I must admit, I don't think I've seen all of it. I've, like, seen three quarters of it or something. But I remember it being quite good. But there's there's a, it's a really good cast... Yeah, it's a great cast. It's a well-made movie. I mean, it's loosely based on the book, which is loosely based on the true story. Right, uh, So it's about as loose as it can get. But in late... It does have a great handlebar on the stuff. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And and late 70s, presumably London termini, were... You could easily pass them as 100 years previously. It oh, was, yeah. They sure. would have been bloody They're horrible. Victorian anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. At that time, it would have yeah. been. They're now not, but the. Uh, but anyway, yeah, you should. It's, it's good. I'll have to check it out. You, you say it's loosely based, but is it as loosely based as the Great Centrinians train robbery? <laughs> it's about <laughs> a, on a, an even par. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. But is it is it as good as. The 1960 episode of Armchair Theatre, which dramatised the story. And that sounds good. <laughs> and featured... Frankie Howard. No. It featured um, Colin Blakely, who we would know from... I'm saying that name rings a bell. Something to do with a gun. We, we would know him from the 1974 Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, yeah, yeah. With Sean Connery, uh, Laurel yes. McCall, Ingrid Bergman. That's really good. Uh, Jacqueline Bissett. Albert Finney, Albert Anthony Finney. Perkins, yeah. Michael York, Richard Widmark, so many, many people. Oh, it's a brilliant. Albert Finney lineup. as Poirot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it starred him, Colin Blakely, as Pierce. It starred James Booth, who we would have seen as Private Henry Hook in Zulu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it also starred... Which was after that, but yeah. Starred James Booth as Agar and as Tester, Henry McGee. Who we really, know really? from the Betty Hill show from 1960. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> Henry McGee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. 
That's all for this time. If you want to know more about what we've talked about on this episode, then just Google it or something. You can listen to all of our previous episodes on our website. That's www.truecrimediary.co.uk. Please remember to leave a review on your podcast provider if you can, or you can email us. That's stuff at truecrimediary.co.uk. My thanks to Jed and Rue and to all of you for listening. And we'll see you again on next date in our True Crime Diary.